What's going to happen? I don't even know. Today? Yeah, I've, we've never done one of these shows before. This is the first uh, Hall of Fame episode. I know. Oh, I can- Heather W. is here. Hi, Heather W. Um, she has a creepy true Jared story. Okay. One time Jared was like, hey, blow me. Then he found out she was an adult. <laughs> she paid Jared's rent for him for years. Uh, Hi, Heather. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, I'm a funny guy. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Disgusting, vomit-inducing thing. Hola, creepomaniacs. I really like that. It's the Creep Off special edition bonus episode. We're putting somebody in the Hall of Fame, Carl. Hall of Fame episode one. That's it. Welcome. Now, we did some Hall of Fame inductions. Lenny Dykstra is in the Hall of Fame. That guy who fucked the Dolphins is in the Hall of Fame. But about a month or so ago, we put it out there for you folks to submit your nominations for who you felt deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. We uh, took those, we curated them, and we put them out there for a vote. Here's the man that you picked. Hit it, Carl. Oh. Remember Jared from Subway? inspired a lot of people he's looking good yeah he is to show you the way his name is jared and he'll lead you to subway all right you can kill it that, but that's a real commercial that, that is a real thing he inspired a lot of people he was walking to subway and all these people were following him to subway because that's where you go when you want to get skinny a sandwich shop <laughs> a submarine sandwich shop i've tried it i can't say it works <laughs> I tried the DeBella's diet and uh, no go. Subway, eat fresh. Jared likes it fresh. He certainly does. I like how we're going to go for those jokes right out of the gate. Living is truth. It's not like we're revealing anything. Everyone knows Jared was a pedophile. They do. They do. So let's talk about something real quick. The style of this episode. Yeah. You know, what we are going to do today is we are going to try to mesh our styles. Carl brought in some Jared stuff. I brought in some Jared stuff. And we're going to just try to have a good old time talking about this fucking creepo for you. Now, there's more than you realize about Jared. I know when I was doing my research, I was like, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. So even if you think you know the story, you might learn something. New. It is not fun from the vi- from the get. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> I have nothing but fun doing this. It's <laughs> great. For the first time at the creep This is great. It really is fun. We could collaborate a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have the competition. Right. We could just have a little fun. Pretend we're friends for once. Aren't we, though? No. All right. Enjoy this episode now before it goes behind the paywall, because our Patreon is coming very, very soon. Right, Carl? How are we going to do our Patreon, Vinny? How's that going to be set up? Well, we're not going to plug it all day. We're not going to be obnoxious about it, but it's going to be very simple. Just get it out of the way. There are going to be three levels. The first level is going to be the creepo level. Now, what's going to be fun about that is it is going to be split. You could choose to be a creepo uh, who is a VNN true believer, mm-hmm. or you could be a creepo who is a member of the Carl's Cousaroos. You could be one of Carl's Cousaroos. That's right. That's right. 
So and you can enjoy the bonus episodes every month. Hopefully, we can do two levels of the same dollar amount. They're we can. I already checked it out. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you can pick one or, one or the other. Pick one of us, and uh, then we'll know who's more popular. I love you, true believers. Now, because of Roos. Cuz. Cuz a Cuz a That's really gross. I don't like it. Listen, the second level is going to be the Creepomaniacs. It's 10 bucks. Um, there is going to be a special bonus prize. We'll announce that when this officially launches. But uh, the $20 level, you are going to be a member of the Scum Parade Merry Marching Society. Oh, that is an honor right there. It is a high honor. Everyone should aspire. And we're going to do something really fun for the very first three people who become Merry Marching Society members. We are going to mail you one of my Stuttering John podcast t-shirts from the very first consequence of the creep off. You could use it as a blanket. You could use it as a fort. You could use it These as a things fort. are fucking huge. They're huge. I got one right here. They fit Vinny very snugly, but they trust they me. They do not fit me at big. all. They're huge on me. Yeah, okay. That's how big they are. <laughs> yeah, okay. And you know what else? If you'd like, Carl and I will personalize and autograph them for you. Yes. Who doesn't want an autographed Stuttering John t-shirt autographed by anyone other, other than, than Stuttering John? John? Absolutely. So if you want to become a member of the Scum Parade. Heather Market W., Society, I see ya. Let's do it. I love Get it. Get in on this. So I uh, hope you could. <laughs> I need a new computer. I need a new computer, Heather. <laughs> Could you tell my lighting's not very good? <laughs> Can we? <laughs> God, there's so many stupid inside jokes. We're uh, doing everything wrong. Yeah, we're the worst. So we're that's the, the story. We hope you join the Patreon. Support the show if you can. Thanks. And The, the uh, Patreon that doesn't exist yet. Oh, yeah. Please it's gonna come exist support us. You're going to get this bonus episode, the Hall of Fame bonus episode every month, and you're going to get the scum stream, which is going to be a live stream where I talk to you about all the stories that don't make the scum parade, and we have a good old time. And we drink some cause lights. <laughs> wow. And I'll do it by a dumpster. Sounds good. Yeah, it'll be perfect. So uh, are you ready to start this up, Carl? Is that all we had to talk about? Isn't it? I guess. So let's do it. Let's talk about Jared Fogel. Remember Jared from Subway? He's inspired a lot of people. He's looking good. Or the uh, better version of that song. He's still looking good. Now those sandwiches. Give him the sandwiches. I <laughs> yeah. love South Park. It's great. So uh, let's talk about Jared. And uh, would it surprise you all to know that he was a fat fucking kid? That's kind of the whole reason why he's famous, because he was a giant fat kid. Well, listen to this. His early childhood consisted of a relatively normal routine of time with friends and attending school. His mother herself a teacher. His lifestyle began to change around the age of eight when he became more sedentary. In 1985, the Nintendo Entertainment System video game unit was released to the home market, Fogel spending all of his off hours from school using the console. Wait, are they accusing Japan of creating pedophiles? Because I am telling you, that's why there's so much Asian hate in this country, is because of racist remarks like that. I just hope it takes the heat off of Super Mario. <laughs> I don't want us Italians getting blamed for Fair it. Enough. He was a little fat fuck. He played Nintendo all day. Didn't we all? No. Expected snacking coincided with the video game play. Wait, where did Fogel's you get this audio from? It's the best. You're it's so funny. 85 pounds to 160 
before he was 10 years old. Did you hear that? No, play that again. I'm sorry. I talked over because I just, the music and the way this guy is narrating this is so overdone. So you could find the full video on YouTube. Uh-huh. I pulled some clips from it. I got a bunch of them from there, but not, not a ton. Do you want to give a, a, a credit or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the life and the rise and fall of Jared Fogel ah, okay. on YouTube. You could find it easily. Okay, great. But the guy's voice was so fucking fun. So I knew you silly. would enjoy it. So he said that Jared Fogel from age eight to age 10 went from 85 pounds to 165 pounds. That's impressive. That's like the growth rate of those kids that are on Maury, the ones where they put the big giant buffet out on the, on the stage. Right. Let them eat. Like that is a fucking fatso. I wasn't 165 pounds until like, until, you know, you know, you were 11, at least junior high, You're right? At least junior high. So here's the thing that's really interesting. His mom's a teacher. He's, this fat the fuck. Check this out. The most surprising element was that all of this was taking place near the watchful eye of his father, who happened to be a general practitioner. He's okay. a fucking doctor. So and he's letting his kid get to be 165 pounds? It's funny that you act like only a doctor would know that's unhealthy. I don't <laughs> care if the guy worked at Kodak. He should fucking know that his kid should go run a fucking lap every I have again. no idea what a digital camera is, but I believe you should lose some weight. <laughs> Do you like that Rochester reference? Work oh, at Kodak. Oh, God, Kodak. My dad worked at Kodak, by I'm the way. I'm sure he did. That's why that, All the chemicals explain your club feet. <laughs> now. You motherfucker. <laughs> I really hate this town. Carl, a Rochester <laughs> original. <laughs> Between garbage plates and chemicals. Uh, garbage no way plates, I was going to turn out with normal feet. teeth. Uh, All right. My child was born without a chin. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're really loading him up over there. All right. Yeah. Well, well, it's a bonus episode. All right. Fair so in his own words, listen to this little weird kid. Vogel has stated that as soon as his parents would admonish him about his weight and leave the room, he'd sneak further treats behind their backs. In his own words, <laughs> I'd have one hand on my joystick and another in a potato chip bag. You're not going to win a lot of games only using one hand on a joystick. Yeah, yeah. Because the kid sucked at video games. He was not very good, but he tried. He tried really hard. I'm performing this weekend. Did I mention that? So I got to kind of no. get back in the mood. No, the comedy stand-up. club is opening this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I got to get back in the stand-up mood. So let's do a little game here, Carl. Okay, let's do it. Uh, Jared Fogle was so fat that a junior... Start over. Jared Fogle was so fat... How fat was he? By junior high school, Fogle was forced to shop at grown men's big and tall stores for clothing that could accommodate his burgeoning size. <laughs> <laughs> so fat... That by junior high, he had to go to the men's big and tall shop. Not a lot of designer I'm gonna labels tell you, there. I you're, don't see a lot of kids there. You're not going to have a lot of cool threads if you're shopping at that place. Here's what you're going to look like. A lot of pastels. Oh, I thought you were about to stand up. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. If you're a big person, the only thing that you can wear are wrestling t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, right. A <laughs> uh, lot of pastels. There's a lot of pastels in the big and tall guy shop, and you could look like a fat ass Jimmy Buffett because they have Hawaiian shirts out the asshole. Why is this? Shouldn't they just have everything be vertical stripes? You would think so. You would think. You, they have tablecloths with holes in them. They can just throw <laughs> over you. Like a fatso koozie, they call them. <laughs> hey, Carl, Jared Fogle was so fat. How fat was he? By high school. His condition had worsened to the point of not being able to fit into a regulation student's desk. 
stupid desks. Uh, old back tits can't fit in the desk. <laughs> They're so discriminating. Listen, I was a fan. Did he just kid. sit on top of his desk? Because that would be pretty fucking funny. <laughs> you know how they had the ones that were attached, like the front part to the chair? Yeah, that's what they're talking about. They had about. to like rip off. The desk part for him to have a chair in class. That's amazing. They had to have one in all of his rooms. Uh, did he have like two desks maybe? Like they like some t- guys will buy two seats out of the airplane. They put two desks next to each other. Uh, no, Carl. Okay. Uh, <laughs> take asking. Hey, Carl, you want to hear uh, Jared take a shot at a joke? Sure. In his autobiography, he stated that while most gained the freshman 15, he gained the freshman 100. Okay, that's not a good joke. Also, I'm very disappointed that he wrote an autobiography. He was a spokesperson for a sub shop. Who gives a fuck about this guy's life? We wouldn't even be talking about him if he hadn't fucked so many children. Well, he did a lot of good things. He did have a foundation. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. That's true. Very charitable, man. Uh, What happened when he went to college? He had uh, trouble again finding classes, Carl. Oftentimes, Fogel class schedule only after examining if the seats appeared large enough to fit his frame. By the time he was in college, yeah, 425 pounds. Wow! 425! Yeah, man. That's impressive. He should be on TLC. He should have been on one of these fucking shows. It didn't exist back then. He would have been, but you have to give it to him. Being 425 pounds made him millions of dollars. What's your excuse? What are you trying to wrap up for? We're starting a Patreon. <laughs> Give me time, Carl. Give me time. Okay. Did you know that Tim Dillon makes... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling Vinny. On the way over here, I'm listening to Chad Zubach because he's trashing Chrissy Mayer on this podcast. And he starts off his show by explaining you should give him more money on his Patreon because Tim Dillon makes $110,000 a month on Patreon. I'm like, what does one thing have to do with the other? Oh, because you support a funny comedian who has a good podcast. You should also give Chad Zubach money. I'm not sure how that adds up. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting distracted. That's all right. So, Carl, let's talk about his time in Indiana University. Because if you dig deep, you find out he was a creepo in college, Carl. No shit. He was a little bit of a creepo. At Indiana University, Jared ran a black market pornography rental service. Oh, really? Straight out of his dorm room. Well, he could live in his dorm. His porn collection was vast and extensive, people said, and Fogel took his business very seriously. A video would run someone a buck a day, and people would come from all over, and they would just rent tapes from this fucking giant fatso. That's interesting. In his dorm. He probably smelled like shit, because he's in a fucking dorm. Pizza I'm sure they boxes. have tiny bathrooms. He can't wipe his ass. Pizza boxes he can't fit the fucking socks. shower. Cum socks, pizza boxes, subway wrappers everywhere. So you stepped on my joke and then stole it. I like that. That's a new technique. That's good. You saw I was trying to say something three times in a row. He just wouldn't stop talking. All right, God. I'm just saying. You have good chemistry, people. It's all about the chemistry on this show. I could read his mind. (laughs) Right now, what he's thinking is White Claw. Mm, I wish. Long story short, he's renting tapes to people, and he got so fat. He couldn't live in the dorms anymore. <laughs> right, yes. He was too fat for the fucking dorms. Yeah. So he gets those damn hallways that really fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps getting his arms fucking caught on the door handles, <laughs> trying to swing side to side. <laughs> his wrists and fucking forearms are all bruised as shit because fat people bruise easy because their circulation sucks. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> 
He moves into an off-campus apartment that he's making enough money because he's rented the porn tapes. Sure. So he he's banking. He's renting like movies. Creepos are coming over. Like, can I get backdoor beauties? He's like, it's a dollar. Whatever the fuck he's up to. Yeah. So he moves to this place and down in the same building on the bottom floor, they open up a Subway restaurant. He's still looking good. Eating the Subway sandwiches. His name is Jared and he's still looking good. So there's a restaurant near his apartment. In the same fucking building. In the same building. So, so I'm his, guessing he's going to eat there quite a bit. So his business is out of his apartment. Yep. And his uh, favorite place to eat is in his apartment. Now, when he started Some people going just get to all the walk in life, don't they? Mm. Well, it didn't last. Oh. So he starts eating at Subway. And his original order was like the steak sub with extra cheese and mayo and oil. How do and, you know this? Yes. How do you know this? Because I did research. And he would go in there and he would just oh, fucking it's a, stuff it's his face. Oh, autobiography. That's right. Yeah. He would stuff his face. Yeah. And uh, he just would go there every single day. And he got so fat that he couldn't breathe right. He was having all kinds of health problems. And his doctor said, you need to do something better. Mm-hmm. So he noticed that they had like healthier sandwiches at Subway. So for a year straight, okay. he ate for lunch a turkey sub. With just vegetables, no mayo dressing or anything like that. A his, six inch. His doctor had to tell him that he was overweight yeah. in order for him to start eating right. Yeah, didn't listen to his dad. Jesus Christ. Couldn't listen to his father screaming at him at the holidays. He doesn't fit in his dorm room, but his doctor had to be the one to tell him, like, maybe you shouldn't eat so much food every day. <laughs> Could you imagine being his roommate? No! <laughs> Lots of heavy breathing when you're trying to study. Well, not to mention he's fucking spanking a fucking collection of porn over there. That's got to be the worst roommate ever. Hey, are you watching one of my tapes? How come there's mayo on my sandwich? I didn't order it with mayo on my sandwich. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's disgusting. That's low-hanging fruit. It is. You're an expert. So here's the thing. He starts eating that for lunch. And for dinner, he's having just a vegetable sub, which is basically bread and vegetables. He was having less than a thousand calories a day for a calendar year. He just walked everywhere because I'm assuming he couldn't fit in a car or on a bus. Can I tell you what's fucking hilarious about that? Yeah. A vegetable sub. Eat a salad. That's why salads were invented. You don't have to have a sandwich. You don't this need to pay like, someone six dollars to know. Give you vegetables. I gotta figure all. out how I'm gonna eat a sandwich and I still wanna lose weight. I know I'll have a salad sandwich. Just have a salad. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking idiot. Hit that music. <laughs> oh, my God. He's still looking good. He does this, and he loses 245 pounds doing this. So, this is amazing. And all out of extreme laziness. This was not <laughs> out of him fucking trying to go out and get healthy. It's literally just the least he could fucking do. What's your excuse? I don't care. Oh, okay. Fair my enough. excuse is I don't care. I don't care, I don't care, my jokes don't go over, I don't care, everybody, I don't care, I don't, he does not care, I don't care. Somebody order me a sub. Now, Fogel comes to the media attention in April of 1999. There's an article written about him in the Indiana Daily Student, written by a former doormate. The Indiana Daily Student? Yes. Wow, that's uh, impressive. Stop the presses, boys. <laughs> I got a scoop. He was like, yeah, my former doormate lost 245 pounds, was the article. By exercising eating a daily diet of Subway sandwiches. Fogel then was featured in an article in Men's Health magazine about stupid diets that work. So Subway finds out about this from the Men's Health article, and they pick him up. 
and they sign him to a regional contract. So in the Midwest, they Subway, were having- they were so excited. They're like, holy cow. There's an asshole who thinks you can lose weight by eating sandwiches at Subway. Let's see if we get the rest of the country to believe this nonsense. He did, though. He lost the weight. Well, yeah, but not because he was eating Subway, because he was eating fewer calories. Right. And the Subway other is not a place you want to go if you want to lose weight. They had to put, like, a disclaimer on all of these commercials, <laughs> yes. too. This diet worked for Jared. It may not work for everyone <laughs> yeah. else. He becomes very successful on this pilot program that they did, because they put him in, like, regional spots. They did so well, they made him the national spokesman. Subway, eat fresh. Can I tell you the reason why Jared caught on as a spokesperson? Why is that? It's that one picture he has next to his pants. Yep. His pants were so fucking big. It was like almost one and a half of those t-shirts that you wear. Size 62. 62 inch jeans. Yeah. And you got this guy who still doesn't look great by any means, but he's standing next to those. Now, when you were watching all of these videos of Jared, did you realize who he looks like that's been a guest host on this show? He oh. looks exactly like McBride. He does look like McBride. Interesting. <laughs> Brian McBride is like Jared Stoppelganger. Ooh, that's not a good place to be. That's coming from me. Hi, everybody. It's me, Brian McBride. For is he here? Whoa. No. Oh. <laughs> my invitation. Oh, wow. So good. You can hear Brian's talents on uh, Creeps and Roses with me and PJ. Episode 5 coming soon. Yay. And I'm fucking done with that shit. He gets married in 2001. He is signed to be the major national spokesman for this company. He is getting about $2 million a year from these commercials, Carl. You know what's weird about that? Do you think he would have done it for less money? It's not like Burger King was calling him up and trying to go for the bidding war or something. You ought to try the Whopper diet. (laughs) The KFC diet. Yeah. (laughs) Popeye's biscuit diet. (laughs) He puts gravy on everything. (laughs) Your kid's looking good. So in 2004, Carl, sucks, sucks. he's making $2 million a year. He's a multi-millionaire. Fogel establishes the Jared Foundation. Yes, he did. A non-for-profit organization focused on raising awareness about childhood obesity through educational programs and tools provided to parents, schools, and community organizations. Enter a gentleman by the name of Russell Taylor. Now, Russell is hired by Jared in spite of his not-so-great credentials to be in charge of this foundation. Right. It was around this time that Fogel would encounter one Russell Taylor, whom he'd appoint as a director of the Jared Foundation in 2008. Taylor came from a sketchy background that included unconfirmed, high-profile jobs, falsified schooling, and two divorces. The only solid point in Taylor's background were stints at the American Cancer Association and at the American Heart Association as a youth marketing director in Indianapolis. He gets this job. What does this job entail? He's working very closely with Jared. He would not only handle most of the foundation's fiscal and scheduling components, but he would also begin joining Fogel on his road trips as well. His position in the organization was further cemented when the two stumbled upon their mutual sexual interest in children. Did we just become best friends? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> How does that happen? How do you let your... I mean, if you are a pedophile, and if you are... Stop it. <laughs> Look at you. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it right now. Fucking go fucking buy a Playboy. Fucking go on Pornhub. Look at adults. Kill yourself. That's what you should, really should do. That too. Whatever, whatever works for you. Whatever is best for your situation. Just talking to you, Andrew Ty. 
Stop it. Yeah. You're not supposed to tell anybody. Yeah, like, how does that come up in this conversation? This is a business partner. This is a guy you put in charge of your fucking thing. Did you drop your fucking, uh, you know, Kmart circular with the boys' swimsuits on the floor? And he goes, oh, what's that you have there? Maybe he saw the username he was using on his computer. He's like, I've talked to this guy online before. Wait, that's you? Aren't you the one who... <laughs> Are you the one who sent me the topless eight-year-old? Yeah. Yeah, I remember you. Like, it's so fucking weird. They become, like, best friends, right? Okay. In 2007, he gets divorced, and it's a very weird divorce. His wife leaves him, files a restraining order against him. At that time, Subway thinks something kind of weird is going on. So they start backing off of the subway commercials around this time. They start going with the $5 footlong stuff. Wait, and you don't see Jared on... Jared did. Okay. Instead of putting him on TV, he was the brand ambassador for Subway. So they would send him to shit all over the world to go open stores, mm -hmm. to talk at schools for his foundation, to do all the stuff. So he starts hanging out in Asia, right? Unbeknownst to his wife, Fogel had long since abandoned the marriage in the most heinous of fashions. For months, he had been engaging in sexual contact with underage girls and boys. Vogel would use social media sites to communicate with teenage targets or use escort services that offered underage subjects. He then began traveling within his home state of Indiana for the purposes of meeting minors for the same activities. Right. And now he's going overseas there and he's doing this in Asia. escort services that supply underage? Can we shut these things out? I hope so. What the fuck? I've never heard that before. I'm looking at you, Q. <laughs> What uh -huh. the fuck? Yeah, get on it. Get to Indiana. So he's traveling all over the world. He's going to these brothels in Asia. He's hanging out with his buddy. And then around this time, Subway gets their very first whiff that something like this is going on with him after having a conversation with a franchise owner. His first corporate exposure to his secret life would also occur in 2007 when he'd enter into a discussion about underage sex to a Subway franchisee, a woman he began having a sexual relationship with. The woman in question asked about a Craigslist ad Fogel had answered that led to a 16-year-old girl. I can't believe you only paid $100 for her was part of the communication. Fogel told the woman it was amazing and expressed a desire to watch the woman while she had intercourse. An offer of $500 was made to go through with the act. This lady owns a subway store and he offered her $500 to have sex with a 16-year-old girl in front of him. So he wanted to get caught. Well, this woman is like, huh, I'm fucking this guy and now I'm realizing what a creep he is. What should I do here? Then it gets a little weirder. A second request by Fogel was to have an encounter with the informant's teenage cousin. Yeah, can I fuck your teenage cousin? At that point, she gets so weirded out, she starts recording him and making all sorts of tapes. The woman kept up contact to the point where she felt she had enough material to pass on to Subway. An ad exec at the corporation is alleged to have received the information, but did nothing about it. All right. Subway, on the other hand, says they were never given any of the damning text messages and that the exec in question had not been part of the brand for years. Denial, denial, denial. All right, so I want to go off on a little bit of a tangent here because Please. Fogel's ex-wife actually sued Subway for negligence because Subway 
knew about Fogle. He was not good at keeping this shit a secret as you're talking about. He was open with everybody about this shit. He talked to a Katie, lot of people. Yeah, so this is from CBS This Morning. Katie McLaughlin says she didn't know her husband of six years was a pedophile. McLaughlin recently filed a civil suit against Subway. It accuses the sandwich chain of negligence. She alleges Subway was notified about Fogel's sexual interest in children at least three times during his stint as company spokesman. So this goes into it a little bit more. But yes, three times Subway was tipped off about this fucking guy. Yep. Her anger is not limited to her ex-husband. She's now suing Subway for negligence, saying in her filed complaint that the company was alerted to potential problems with Fogel on three occasions, in 2004, 2008, and 2011. The last, where a Florida journalist made a complaint through Subway's website. That lady went to the cops in Sarasota, Florida, and reported him, too. Yes, yeah, so real quick, though, as you were talking about so subway is being asked after this guy was obviously convicted how did you not know about this people were sending you this information so subway went ahead and did an internal investigation the company told site radar online that their investigation showed no evidence of any prior knowledge of issues regarding fogel oh they did it they did an investigation on themselves and decided they were innocent Wow, you don't say. Go the figure. The only thing we found over here was delicious sandwiches <laughs> made with the freshest ingredients. The only thing we have bread are healthy was, hearts. The only thing we have is bread that was baked fresh daily <laughs> and these delicious cookies. Jesus Christ. You can get them with the fountain drink of your choice for only yep. $6.99 this month. Oh, man. So There's a footlong of evidence. Subway's doing nothing. And during all of this, he's just having a good old time. Fogel was also engaging in further rendezvous with miners during his travels outside of Indiana. Several of these encounters, once again, occurred in New York City at area hotels, including high-end establishments such as the Ritz-Carlton and the Plaza. Now if you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Putting on the Ritz. He was fucking children in the Ritz-Carlton at the Plaza Hotel. Only the best for Jared. Epstein was in the next room just banging out of the wall going, keep it down! <laughs> Why is your kid also screaming? Uh, <clears throat> either way, he's just going around having a good old time. He is incredibly famous at this point. He's you know still being toured around. He was so famous, Carl, How that famous he made he? it onto WWE Raw. Oh, sweet. Yes, and I got to play you the clip. Hey, it's Brian McBride. <laughs> Feed me more. Oh, oh, okay. Here's a BMT for you. He's thinking to himself right there when he does that little thing. He's thinking, boy, that guy must have hot kids. Now, he probably went and fucked a child after this at some hotel. And before. He was on fucking Raw. He got to live my dream. <laughs> this fucking guy. I hate him so much. So he he's just doing all the media rounds. He's he's just beloved around the fucking world. It's you know, crazy. Vinny, if you lost 300 pounds, you might be able to go on Raw, too. Just throwing it out there. If you wanted to try that, I couldn't possibly lose 300 pounds. I wouldn't. All exist. right, 250. I wouldn't exist. <laughs> Dude, just lose 250, man. Come fuck on. Fuck you. We care about you. <laughs>
he gets this messy divorce in 2007, like you said. And then in 2009, he gets engaged to this woman named Kathleen McLaughlin, who's a teacher. In January 2010, he gets reported in People Magazine that he drew, that he gained back 40 pounds. Whoa! And he decides scandal. to do a publicity stunt where he is going to go back on his Subway diet to lose the 40 pounds for his wedding. Remember Jared from Subway? He's inspired a lot of people. He's looking good. No song about Jared should have he's looking good as lyrics. That's right. He looks like just a fucking bowl of vanilla ice cream with yeah. lips that are just ugh. So here's a fun thing. He has ends up having two kids with this woman. In August 2010, he had a child or a, a boy named Brady and a daughter named Quinn who was born in 2013. And in 2012, his buddy Russell is running the Jared Foundation. Yeah. Not very well. Around 2012... The Jared Foundation quietly ceased operations, a simple matter of renewing its $5 a year business license not being filed. <laughs> Tax records show yeah. 60% of the nonprofit's $125,000 revenue went to Taylor's salary. No efforts made to keep the foundation active by either Fogel or Taylor. They could have paid it off with a foot long. They could have bought one less fucking foot long. Yes. And they could have kept the doors open on the fucking day. But obviously, they didn't really care. Things are really starting to go downhill here, except Jared's, like, living his best life. He's got the kids. He's traveling all over the world, fucking other people's children. And uh, his friend Russell, you know, maybe he should have picked his friends better. Late in 2014, Taylor would make his first proposition to a female friend, stating his desire to watch her and another woman have sex with a horse on her property. Ah, you fucking After killed my sport. Taylor inquired about her interest in her children. Alarmed, the woman turned over her text messages to authorities, who seized Taylor's computer, where indeed images of children between the ages of 9 to 16 were discovered. Some of these even included Taylor's stepdaughter. Yep. All right. So I had, I had all that shit, but not from that stupid documentary. All right, go ahead. The play only thing that you watched. Who cares? Maybe yours will be better. I, I thought this was fun because the woman here is known as Jane Doe. She doesn't want to be known who she is. But Would Rus you? No. So this Russell Taylor guy started texting with her and was hitting on her very poorly. He even started a charity, the Jared Foundation, and put his best friend, Russell Taylor, in charge. Jane Doe and Taylor had been acquaintances who struck up a texting friendship. But the innocent messages soon evolved into flirtatious invitations involving Jane and Taylor's wife. I just assumed that it was just him sending drunken text messages and it wasn't anything serious. I blew him off. But the invites grew more bizarre. All right, so... Jane Doe didn't want to be a Me Too person. She's like, all right, he's horny, he's drunk, he's sending me these messages. Yeah. And then uh, it gets a little crazier. It started out as he wanted to know if him and a female friend could come over to engage in sexual acts with my horses that I had at my property. I didn't take him seriously at first. But the text soon included graphic images, and Jane knew this was no joke. Yeah, he wasn't being taken seriously enough, so he's like, no, look at this is what I want to do with the horse. Are yeah, you seeing and she didn't take him about? seriously because his first text messages were like, hi, ho, silver. <laughs> <laughs> he would just text, giddy up. So this is from True Crime Daily. Now, he's hitting on this chick. This is not the right way to go about it. 
As shocking and vile as those exchanges were, everything changed when Jane Doe received a text that simply went too far and it would prove to be the first domino in Fogel's downfall. He'd asked if I wanted to see any pictures of young girls. I wasn't expecting him to offer child pornography, but he opened up a completely different avenue. If you're hitting on a girl, sending her CP will not help. It's not a good idea. It's not going to get you any closer to the stables. It's, <laughs> it's not going to work for you. Nope. And actually, what it's going to do is going to get you arrested. Armed with evidence gathered from Jane's cooperation, police descended on Russell Taylor's home where they uncovered something even more twisted. Not only did they find more than 400 child pornography videos and photos, many of them were sexually explicit images of Taylor's very own stepchildren, shot on cameras he'd hidden in their bedrooms and bathrooms. <laughs> so this guy's a fucking creep. This guy that uh, Jared decided to go into business with was a creep, and uh, this is the worst part about this entire story right here. Taylor pled guilty and promptly made a failed suicide attempt while in custody. God damn it. Why did he fail Failed. at that? Yeah, I know. Kill yourself, Russell Taylor. Yeah, if he had killed himself, Jared would have been uh, maybe, maybe uh, in jail for a lot less time. At this point, there's a two-month investigation into Russell Taylor. They're going through all of his stuff, and unfortunately, he had been communicating with Jared... Pretty much every day, he would just, they would basically text each other pictures of naked children all day long. The two of them were best friends in creepiness. Yeah, by the way, a really dumb idea when you're a pedophile is to make friends with other pedophiles because when one of them gets caught, they're going to figure out, like, why were you hanging out with this guy so much? What's, what's the deal here? If you're, all right, I'm going to throw this out there. I like to give advice from time right. to time. If you're a pedophile, make sure all of your friends don't fuck children. Be the only one of your peer group that fucks the children. You'll have less chance of getting caught. That's all I got. Mm -hmm. This is going to show up in our Vietnam video yep. any day now. This leads us up to July 7, 2015. The FBI and Indiana State Police investigators raided Fogel's house in Indiana. They took computers and other electronic equipment. ruh -roh. The same day, a spokesperson for Subway announced that the company and Fogel had mutually agreed to suspend their business relationship. You know what's funny about that, too? These fucking guys, his buddy just got caught, mm -hmm. and he didn't think, I should probably delete and or get rid of any hard drives that I have with CP on them. They're so addicted to this shit, they're like, I'll just keep a few around. Ah, they probably won't find that. That's all we had, Karen! That's all we had! <laughs> He's flushing the CP down the hard drives. <laughs> It's everything we had, Karen! The, the cops come in and he's trying to eat a floppy disk. Because <laughs> <laughs> he does it all old style because he's a boomer like us. Yep. So here's the interesting thing about this, right? The way the FBI did it. They brought in this special trailer, right? That is like a mobile CP crime lab where they could just take out all of his hard drives and his computers in the house. Yep. And they could just bring them out there and immediately make copies of everything on the hard drives. And like they just go boom, 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 boom. And then they give you the shit back that day. Okay. So it's almost like a blitzkrieg. You have no time to delete this shit. And they will find everything that you did delete unless you like bleached the hard drives and smashed everything and did that. They also... That's not just true. 
That's not true. See, this is the thing. And I have to keep telling people with CP about this. When you delete something, it's not actually deleted. Right. You're just telling your computer that I want that space available if I save anything else. If you save shit on top of it, it will be gone. Just fill your shit with like home videos or something or I don't know, isotopes albums. And that way they will not find out the CP that you thought you deleted, but you did not. Or pass that so to the creep off and WATP. There you go. They Sorry. also brought in one of three in the country electronic sniffing dogs. Is that, is that a real thing? That is a real thing. What the fuck? What can the dog goes in and could smell fucking electronics just to search the house in case oh, they could find anything out. I'm such a stupid idiot. I thought you meant that it would be able to smell if there was CP on the hard drives <laughs> or not. <laughs> oh my God. These dogs are fucking amazing. What can't they do? Uh, this guy has COVID, and uh, the hard drive over there is some CPI. Um, can I hear some Takashi 6 9 for you oh, right now? Oh, come on, Vinny. Are you dumb, stupid, or dumb? Oh. Come on, Carl. Oh, really? Three. The dog is going to You're the one who said it. I know. I thought it was crazy. Uh. Uh, one of these days, Heather W is me paying your rent. <laughs> Fucking idiot. So I have a, I have a mortgage. I don't live in an apartment like some people. I actually have a mortgage for my house. But God, followed Fogel's arrest because he was arrested that day. Yes, the FBI uh, subpoenaed the series of text messages made in 2007 between that Subway franchisee Sidney Mills, who he was having the relationship that we talked about earlier. So they got all that information. They got all this information from the lady in Florida, and uh, at that point. Jared was like, okay, I'll take a plea. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. On August 19, 2015, federal prosecutors announced they had reached a deal with Fogel in which he would plead guilty to two counts, one of distribution and receipt of child pornography, and one of traveling to engage in illicit sexual conduct with a minor, specifically for Indiana, New York, where he's charged with paying to engage in sexual acts with a 17-year-old girl. Prosecutors alleged that Fogel offered adult prostitutes, also alleged that he offered adult prostitutes finders fees to find him young kids. So he was sentenced to 15 years and eight months in federal prison and has since agreed to pay a total of $1.4 million in restitution to 14 victims. So 15 years in prison yeah, for is fucking considered children. a pretty light sentence. And not only that, he didn't go to like... Fuck you in the ass prison. Well, hold on. He did it first. Yes, he did. Because we're gonna because we're <laughs> talking about that. Okay. The first prison they set him to before yes. he went to his to his major one. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me play the story for you. I have it right here. If oh, you don't mind, do it. Do it. So this is from local Denver news. This is the brother of an inmate who was with Jared I in that this. prison. Good job, Carl. Yes. Behind these walls at the Englewood Federal Prison, Jim Nigg tells us how his brother Steve beat up Jared Fogel. What those guys do, Jared included, that's the worst of worst. The former Subway spokesperson is serving out a 15-year sentence, convicted of having sex with minors, sex. using his celebrity to feed his addiction. That's where Steve Nigg had a problem. He's serving a 15-year sentence for a federal gun crime. It bothered him anyway, you look at it, but yeah, I'm sure that's it's not it's not fair. It's not equal. Nigg sold off firearms from his deceased father's estate. His criminal past from the 1970s made that illegal. He told his brother Fogel's sentence and demeanor inside the prison walls sent him over the edge. When you run through the, the yard in the prison with special privileges and you hire people, maybe the inmates to back you up to make sure nobody touches you, that's even worse. So Jared 
child molester goes to prison as being a big shot. He's throwing his money around. He's buying friends. This guy is in prison for the same amount of time because he sold off his guns. dad's guns that yeah, he inherited. Right, guns yeah. that he inherited. And he's like, motherfucker, I will murder you. And he beat the shit out of him, which is amazing. Yeah. I love that. But of course, now he's in a prison with other sex offenders. I saw a video where a guy sends letters to prisoners and then gets letters back because prisoners are bored. If you want a pen pal, send one to someone who's locked up uh, in, in prison. So this is a letter that this guy bad is called Stories from the Penitentiary. Penitentiary. Okay. How do you pronounce that word? Penitentiary. Perfect. Put you saying it over me in post and then people won't make fun of me. Uh, so anyway, this... That'd be a weird picture. This is... This is the guy reading the letter that he got back from Jared. My first reaction to arriving here was that it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Prison sucks, but this is a pretty easy spot. Over half of the guys here are sex offenders. I get along with pretty much everyone here. Once the guys realized how sensationalized the media made me and who I really am, I fit in quickly. So basically, he's hanging out with a bunch of Russell Taylors in there. Exactly. They're all right. sharing stories. And they have uh, this place that he went to has a craft uh, craft place, a gym, yep. uh, TVs for all the inmates. They, get, they go to the library and get books and oh, watch movies. Speaking of TVs, he explains the one thing he doesn't like about television. I miss real food. Watching restaurant TV commercials is like watching food porn to us, LOL. Oh, poor guy. Has to see commercials for restaurants he can't go. He shouldn't be LOLing over anything that has the word porn in it. He's writing a letter to a guy. It's like, it's like food porn, LOL. Get it? Because of my child porn addiction? Get it? Yes. We get it, you fucking creep. You think Jared sits there in prison with all the guys around him and like a commercial will come on for a restaurant and be like, huh, I do better than that. <laughs> He's still looking good. There's a... Uh, Former journalist in Florida, Rochelle Herman Walrond. Yep. And what she was doing was messaging back and forth with Jared. And she's the one who gave his information to the Sarasota police and the FBI. Yes. And she recorded all their phone conversations and pretended to be going along with it in order to, in, what is it, entrapment? And now, ladies and gentlemen, we will hear from the man himself. So she went on Dr. Phil and played the audio of these phone calls Here's the first one I want to play for you. Let's try to figure out what is getting bleeped out here. I couldn't find the uncensored version of this, unfortunately. So listen closely. Ooh, I love a game. Listen closely. Let's see if we can figure out the context. Hey, I'm trying to say something in middle school. I love the middle school. And that yeah. girl was starting to get the you know? Yeah. Because you know how much I love the yeah. You know, I love you. Mm-hmm. Well, what's that? Well, you know, kids are maturing faster nowadays. I know, which I love. Oh, he oh. About, was he saying boobs? He was saying tits. Jesus. He was going, they develop their tits. Their tits. They're going to develop tits. And you what know kind of pedophile cares tits. about tits? I love big tits. Why, what kind of pedophile I love big is that? tits on a child. <laughs> Look, the kids get bushes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, okay. Sorry. It was my bad. You know, just talk to them, just get to know them, just everything, and just, you know. Do a little touchy-feely things with them, you know, make them feel good. And it's a little more touchy-feely, a little more touchy-feely, a little more touchy-feely. That kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Seventh grader. He ended it with, hold on, I'm going to take a uh, bite of this delicious chicken bacon ranch sub <laughs> on honey wheat bread. He's still looking good. Hey, I got a question Fucking them kids. Hey, Carl. His I, dick looks big in comparison because they're under 14. Hey, Carl, I got a question. Yeah, go ahead. What do you call somebody who's an adult who comes over to meet a child home alone after a sexually explicit conversation? What, what is that called? <laughs> That's my question. That's a good question. A fogel. Um, all right. A couple more clips from this woman's appearance on Dr. Phil. Oh, he's so icky. Yeah. Dr. Phil, you mean? No. Uh, I agree. <laughs> yeah, all of them. He, at one point, he called me and was telling me about a six-year-old little girl and that he was flying over to see her. And from the way the conversation was going, it sounded as though the parents were okay with this. Well, yeah, he's got Subway spokesman money. Of course they're okay with that. He that, gives up a couple of those buy one, get one. That's Oopa the kind has. of guy you want to set your daughter up with. You can do worse. What, do you, what, what does he think this is? Like an arrange, They think it's an arranged <laughs> Yeah. Like they're to get a Subway dowry? <laughs> exactly. Jesus Christ. You know, in the old country, we'd get a cow. Now we actually get the cow after it's been cooked with some vegetables on it. Mayonnaise. Delicious. Um, delicious steak subs. Then she asked Jared a very important question. One that we should be asking all pedophiles. What turns you on the most? Like the young girls or the young boys? You know, both of them do. So he likes both young boys and young girls. You know what he he, he later admits? Yes, I did sex them up a little bit. <laughs> He's so gross. So I've been playing the clips from when Jared was featured on South Park. Now, this was season six. This was before South Park knew he was a pedophile. So the jokes were about how he lost the weight with AIDS and they beat it into the ground. Actually, it's like beating a dead horse, I believe, is the punchline. But anyway, they featured Jared in the video game Fractured Butthole. And they got Jared with a few uh, funny gags here. So this is he's one of the bosses, and there's a fight scene between the South Park kids and Jared. And here are some of the, the fun quips that he has. Oh, you like it, Ralph? Me too. Because they're fighting. Uh. There's this one. How'd you kids like to see my famous footlong? Footlong joke. And then uh, <laughs> the last one here, which I think is the best joke. You got my pulse racing, kid. Want to see if we can all squeeze into my before picture pants? <laughs> Sweet Jesus. <laughs> I thought that was fun. So now here's a couple things. Guys. Yes. Society needs to know. This man is eligible to get out of prison in 2029. And when he does, he'll... He's still looking good. Eating that prison food. Yeah. Supposedly, he's living the life in prison. He's got his own kitchen where he cooks his own meals. They're saying that he's nice and fit. He's really, like, living it the fuck up in prison. And, ladies and gentlemen, even though the man has been incarcerated for the last six years, 
He is still, according to the internet, currently worth $4 million. Sweet. Now, at the peak of his career, he was worth approximately 10 to $15 million. He was earning $2 million a year as a spokesman and a motivational speaker. He reportedly paid his ex-wife $7 million to divorce. He had to pay some millions to the uh, attorneys, I imagine, and he's sitting around $4 mil, sitting in prison. Well, he's probably got all that book money coming in, too, from that autobiography that people just can't put down. Who the fuck would read that? Even if he book. wasn't a pedo, who the fuck well, would read Well, that's the point. It was, it was written before anyone knew he was interesting. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, our first inductee on a bonus episode into the Hall of Fame. Subway, eat fresh. Jared Fogle. Awesome job. Vinny, I want to do something that we should not do at all. Good. Let's take some notes. What was good about this? What was bad? What could we have done better? How is this going to evolve over time? Did well, you like the format of this? I think Hall we should do it where you talk less, but other than that, I think it was all That's right. That's a good note. That's a good note. Yeah. Should we compare notes ahead of time more so that we don't uh, fuck each other up in our story arc? How does that work? I think we only had one little... Uh, yeah. One little flub there. Okay. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we want to know your opinion, what you thought. No, we don't. I'm asking you. I don't want to know. These fucking assholes. I don't want to know what they have to say about it. Email clubfootcarl at (laughs) watp.org. Now, folks, ladies and gentlemen, he's losing his shit over there. Um, (laughs) Motherfucker. We want you to uh, send us your submissions for who you think should be nominated into the Creep Off Hall of Fame next. And we'll put out another... uh, Another uh, voting opportunity for you soon for our second episode. But uh, help us out. Throw us a couple bones. And by the way, this is not going to be the only type of show that we put on Patreon. That's right. We're going to do the scum stream. And we're also going to do... I'm working on getting some people who actually uh, fight the pedophiles on a daily basis. Yes. To do some interviews with us. Yeah, Vinny gets into this a little more than I do. But also, I think we talked about doing a WATP creep-off crossover. That's right. Who are these creeps? Who are these creepos? W-A-T-C. W-A-T-C. So so we're excited about this. This is just one of the types of shows that you'll be hearing, the Hall of Fame episodes, when you sign up for our Patreon, which will be available very soon, hopefully by the time that we put this out, so that the call to action is there and people can actually do it. I love it. So uh, we hope that you... uh, will join us on Patreon for future Hall of Fame episodes. Until then, it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Gagia! Miss the obvious joke here. Which one? From Uncle Sammy Pooh, clubbed footlong Carl. <laughs> this is stupid. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep.